This is the Adopted Mom Podcast. Adoption may look different for each family, but we need solidarity from other crazy people who took this leap. And that is what we do here. We encourage, we build up, we share the wins and losses. We lean on each other and we get through this together. Thanks for joining us. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Adopted Mom Podcast, Season 2, Episode 11. Today is our Birth Mother's Day and Mother's Day episode, and it's fitting that we have a story from a birth mom and an adoptive mom, and they have a story together that's going to knock your socks off. Before we get to that, I wanted to give you a word from this episode's sponsor. It's Christine Bauer with her new book, Those Three Words, A Birth Mother's Story of Choice, Chance, and Motherhood. It's super fitting that it's right. It's coming right after Mother's Day because it's a memoir of her story of being a birth mom. It's amazing, and you're going to want to check it out. It's on Amazon, and I will link to it in the show notes at theadoptivemompodcast.com. This episode, we got to record actually in studio at our house with Lana and Rachel, which is so much fun, but it's a pretty new studio, and we're still getting lots of audio kinks worked out, so bear with us as you listen to this recording, and let's kick off now. Do you want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm Lana. Um, I am 26 years old. I'm a manager of a frozen yogurt shop called Yummyos. <laughs> so you guys should definitely come check it out if you haven't. And I'm married to a guy named Nick, and he's the most amazing person ever. And then we're fur parents to Daisy May, our dog, and Millie Vanilli, our cat. Those are the best names ever. People yeah. should pay you to name their pets. Yeah, for real. Mills, or we call her Mills Vanilles a lot for it's like her rapper <laughs> name. <laughs> you gotta keep it cash. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. What about you, Miss Rachel? Um, my name's Rachel Lopez. Um, I have three amazing kids, all girls. Um, my husband suffers through a girl household. Um, and I don't know if you've ever been in one of those, but just it's a unique and interesting experience on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, my oldest is 19 and the baby is three. So Do you run the gamut there. It's it's never dull. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I go to work and do some hair to get away from the insanity that I live in. <laughs> um, but, you know, doing hair, kind of having a chairside ministry, it has given me the opportunity to meet people, um, including Lana. And it's just really changed my life and has given me great direction and great people in my world. I have a great tribe. I have a great orchard. And it's just never dull. That's awesome. So, yeah, you guys need t-shirts that are like the hashtag girl mom, girl dad. (sighs) See, I kind of wish, I mean, well, I don't. I would never not want my boys, but it's like I I have one or the other, so I can't fit into either of those t-shirt categories. I can't have boy mom. I can't have girl girl mom, so you got to rock it. Well, see, now you could get, like, just mom. Just, like, that's (laughs) all you need. Just a t-shirt that says mom, period. Yeah, you don't need, like... That's enough said there. People need to understand that you're a girl mom when they look at you and go, why are you wearing glitter? I didn't mean to wear glitter today. One of the kids must have played in it six years ago. And, <laughs> and it's still on me. <laughs> it's the herpes of the craft world. I know someone else that's like, he's a girl dad. And he says, he's like, yeah, you know, we have all girls. So we don't, we don't do a lot of wrestling or there's not a lot of mud in my house, but we do cry a lot. <laughs> well, see, now we're not those 
we don't have those girls. They're absolutely in the dirt. But they're <laughs> crying in the dirt. They're having an emotional breakdown while playing in, in the, the grass. <laughs> and like throwing grass. And you're like, you realize if you quit throwing grass, it wouldn't be in your eyes and we wouldn't have this problem. That's the like, t-shirt, crying in the dirt. There, see? <laughs> okay, we can sell these. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm sitting by your new merch. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) That could be your team merch. Yeah. (laughs) So I've hinted that, well, I've not hinted. I've said that they're a team and they have a really, really specific reason why they would be a team because they are, uh, they're connected in a way that very, very few other people would be connected. And that's really cool. And I'll let them tell most of the story, but to tee it up, um, they kind of share a kid, which is really interesting. And um, now that you're at, uh, at the edge of your seats, why don't you guys take it away with your story? Yeah. So I was 21 years old when I found out that I was pregnant. Um, I had been on and off dating a guy for about a year and it was never an official relationship kind of thing. It was just on and off, never talking to other people, but it was just never a committed thing. Um, and we, I had had my first ever anxiety attack that, and I'd never experienced one. So I couldn't understand why I was acting so crazy and he couldn't understand why I was acting so crazy. And that was kind of (laughs) ended up with us officially just ending it. Um, it was a few weeks after that, that I was on my way to work and I suddenly felt like, holy cow, I'm going to throw up. So I pulled over and threw up in the parking lot at the mall. <laughs> such pretty, such great memories. That was a great, great moment. And I just figured, great, I have my mom's stomach bug because she had gotten a stomach bug like over it like two or three days before that and never thought anything else of it. And me and my ex had all of our friends were like the same friends. So I had been telling my girlfriends that I had thrown up and I was sick. So I had to cancel plans and it kind of, you know, they're like, could you be pregnant? And I'm like, Oh no, there's no way. That's the most ridiculous question anyone could ask me. And I <laughs> um, ended up, they told him and he kind of was just like, could you just take a test just to make sure? And so I had a friend come by after I closed the store that next night and she had brought three tests and I took all three and we're sitting there waiting for the three minutes or whatever. And that was like the longest three minutes of my oh, life. Oh yeah. And I go in and get them because the timer went off and I'm looking at them and they both have you know, two lines. And the second one was really light. So I'm like, maybe they're all wrong. And she's, <laughs> my friend was saying the same thing. She's like, no, yeah, I think they're probably, we should go get more. I'm like, okay. So I went to the store, got the ones that were, you know, said pregnant or not pregnant. Cause yeah. that's more official, I guess. And the, those two came back saying I was pregnant. So I think after five tests, I was pretty certain <laughs> that one though, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> and, um, but I hadn't cried at that point. Like it just didn't seem real. Cause I was just 21 years old and that's, I never thought I'd be in that situation. I had friends that had been in that situation, but I just didn't think that would be me. And I was going with, to meet up with my ex and another one of my friends. And I called my sister and, um, She and I are super close, so she's the one I told anything to um, because I'm an adopted child as well, Mm -hmm. and my birth mom was 15 and my birth dad was 16, and they, you know, decided to place me for adoption, and so 
my parents adopted me and then got pregnant with my sister. So I always kind of say, like, I think God knew I was going to go through some really hard stuff. So I was going to need a sister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I called her and I just said, I need to talk to you about something. And she just goes, you're pregnant, aren't you? <laughs> she just knew. And I'm like, yeah, I'm pregnant. And she said, okay, you've got three choices here. Um, you can keep the baby, you can do an adoption or you can have an abortion. And she was like, no matter what you choose, like I will support you and I'll love you. It'll be okay. Mm -hmm. And I told her, you know, pretty immediately that I said I had two options. I have, I can keep the baby or do an adoption. Like I'm not going to have an abortion. Um, and that was just a really easy decision for me because my, birth mom had the same choice. Like Mm -hmm. if my parents hadn't adopted me, I would have been an abortioned child. And so I felt like since I had that chance at life, I needed to do the same thing for my child. Yeah. And so that was just pretty quickly like, and I never looked back at that option. Like it was just never looked at on the table. Yeah. And I know for some people it's not as easy, but I did with my history and you know it was just easy for me to not do that yeah but you know I've talked to other birth moms and I think that even even moms that have a pretty strict value system where that would be you know before they got pregnant that would have just never ever been an option and then when they find out they're pregnant it still goes through your mind mm-hmm. and I know that I've talked to you about that too that mm-hmm. even though previously you probably would have been like never would I have an abortion but it's still there mm-hmm. that option is still there and um that's still a super brave choice Mm -hmm. on your part. Thank you. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so fast forward, ended up going to the doctor and I was seven weeks along um, and again, called my sister and it still hadn't really sunk in. Like even after all of that, I was still just like, I had probably cried at that point, but I just wasn't, it didn't seem real. Um, And when I called my sister after that appointment, she was like, okay, well, I'll come over to the house because she was living on campus at the U of A at the time. She's like, I'll come over and I'll be with you when you tell mom and dad. And that was like, that was when I lost it. Mm -hmm. Like that was when I was just like, oh my gosh, like I had, my sister was always the goody kid, you know, and I was the one that I had been in a really bad relationship for like seven years. That was just really verbally and mentally abusive. And like that really tore me and my parents relationship apart. And so Mm. I was just like, it was kind of in the men's and I was so terrified to like disappoint them. Yeah. Um, because you know, it's, I think that's the worst thing for a parent to say to you is like, I'm not mad at you and I'm not upset. I'm just really disappointed. Oh yeah. And I was like, I don't want to hear that. And that was, that was when I re like it just reality just like crashed into me. And I was like, this is the thing. Like I'm pregnant and I'm going to have to tell people besides my sister <laughs> and these two people <laughs> that I've told. Um, and Ended up sitting down with them, and I have never been more scared in my entire life. I had it all in my head. I'm like, they're going to kick me out. They're like, Mm -hmm. I had already talked with friends about staying with them and like what I was going to do because I just knew that was what was going to happen. I mean, that's what they would say when I was in high school. Like, if you get pregnant, we're kicking you out. And I mean, I know that's a scare tactic, but I was taking it quite seriously. Right, right. (laughs) As as you do. (laughs) Yeah. And um, sat with them and kind of was trying to tell them, but I couldn't get anything to come out. And I've never been one to be speechless. And (laughs) my sister finally was like, do you need me to tell them? And I'm like, yeah. And she just goes, 
Well, Lana's pregnant. Just very, you know, rip off the bandage. <laughs> Might as well. Like, you couldn't have, like, eased him in or anything like that. Um, but that conversation went completely opposite of anything I could have imagined. I mean, like, they were silent for a minute, but then it was just like, okay, well, we'll, we'll figure this out. Like, it's okay. We love you. It's something that happened and it's, it's happening. There's nothing we can do about it. So we're just gonna love you and we'll figure it all out. And that's how it was. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. That's so cool. So, um, before you move on with your part of the Mm -hmm. story, let's jump over because this is not, you know, there weren't, Rachel wasn't, a page in a book that you mm-hmm. flipped through. So, meanwhile, how did you find out that that your uh, your client was pregnant? Um, okay, and if you hear me crying, please, yeah, um, you will not be the first one. <laughs> so, um, when she got done talking to her mom, I got a call from her mom. Um, she and I are friends, and she said, uh, "Lana's pregnant," and I said, "Congratulations," and she said, "Well," I said, "No." I said, just stop right there. It doesn't matter what is going on, what came before this or what's coming next. Just congratulations. It's it. It's a baby. We're happy. Yeah. And I'm telling her this. I'm like, that's just the way it is. That's it. (laughs) And she was like, yeah. So she came up and she saw me at work and, you know, we sat and talked and kind of prayed into it for a minute. And she had been on my prayer team praying into Um, my husband and I's adoption team. So we had, we'd had some failed attempts, you know, had, had a few things that just hadn't worked out for us Mm -hmm. up to that point. So she, she knew that I had a heart that it doesn't matter. Like every baby is a blessing to somebody, you know, you may have to wait and figure it out, but every baby is a blessing. So her mom was, you know, I knew, um, but I also know her sister. And, you know, when she said that, you know, her sister just ripped the bandaid off, like, that is the way her sister is. <laughs> like, if you... Very blunt. <laughs> well, she's not... It's not blunt. It's effective. <laughs> she is an effective communicator. You'd be a you, great PR person. You do not wonder what she's thinking. You don't walk in the room and go, huh, I wonder if she... No. You walk in and you're like, oh, that's the mood she's in today. Okay, let's move on. So, you know, our families have... Her sister had been our nanny. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, you know, my first batch of kids are older. They're um, 17 and 19. And her sister had helped us take care of them. Um, with the oldest one being an emotionally and medically fragile child, you know, she couldn't be left alone. So, right. they had a hangout person for an excessive amount of time. And so, you know, Lana had been in our house. Mm-hmm. Um, she house sat for me. She is part of our family. So, the, the fact that this came along is just kind of what happened next so you know she told her parents and you know her mom told me so yeah trickle down effect so yeah and it wasn't wasn't on your mind immediately like oh this is this is gonna be my kid no yeah um I looked at it that she was going to be a single mom Mm -hmm. you know I she's an amazing person and I knew she could absolutely do this like to be a single mom it's going to suck a little bit, but she could totally do it. It was never a question. So I was thinking I'm going to be a family friend. I'm going to get be, get to be like an aunt. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to cool be like the aunt. cool aunt. <laughs> so. So yeah, you were, you were going to be her advocate and that yes. was your, 
that was your truest intention. And I think that that's beautiful that there was no like, I don't know, hidden, hidden plan or intention on your part, which is awesome. My husband and I had given up adoption. Mm. In fact, just before this had happened, we downsized cars, which may not seem like much, but like I'd had a minivan for years. Yeah. Having two children and expecting more. Like we were going to, we were going to fill up a minivan. Which is ridiculous. If anybody, (laughs) (laughs) like there's a handful of people that should try it. I'm no. So we had downsized to a Civic. My husband had bought me the cutest little Honda Civic. It was so cute. It was so tiny. (laughs) So tiny. (laughs) Little flower car. Ah, That's so funny. I'm sure God was just like, that's adorable. (laughs) That's cute the way you planned that out. you knew. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So you're pregnant. Mm -hmm. What next? Um, At that point... Like I said, I had the two choices, and I originally I was like set on keeping the baby. Um, so I, and that was kind of influenced um, from her father as well. Like that was just kind of what he was wanting. So I was, I'm a kind of a people pleaser, or I was anyway at that time. Um, and so I wasn't really looking at anything else, but I spent a lot of like the, most of my pregnancy, but especially the beginning. I mean, I'm 21. All my friends are 21. That's like when you go out and mm-hmm. you're experiencing all that stuff. And I couldn't do that. Um, and I didn't expect anyone else to put their life on hold because of, you know, what was going on with me. And so I spent a lot of time like home by myself, um, or with <laughs> my parents. And one night I sat down, I'm like, well, if I'm going to do this, like I have to have a plan because this isn't something you can just like not have any sort of plan. <laughs> before wing and it. <laughs> yeah I, I couldn't just wing it and so I sat down and I had paper and a pen and I started making a list of like how I was gonna do this and all that and I'm like doing it and I'm like okay this is like this is a great idea oh right. that's awesome okay this that's being parenting. I'll do this yes yeah and I like finished it and I started rereading it and I was just like what? Like, that is not reasonable at all whatsoever. Um, Because I didn't want to have, you know, it was my responsibility. And I didn't want to expect, you know, my parents to do this or like, anything like that. And I had all the support, all of my friends supported me, my family supported me, like, it wasn't that it wasn't money, I could come up with that. Like, it wasn't any of that. It was just like, I didn't want to have a, you know, a single parent house home, I didn't want her to have to be bounced all over the place and have to work four jobs to be able to provide her with just what she needs and maybe stuff that she wanted. Um, and so at that point, that was when I just completely like flipped from that to, okay, I need to look at adoption. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, I wasn't really upset about that at any point because I mean, I'm adopted too, so I, my whole life exists because of that. So it was never a super difficult decision at that moment. Um, but I, it was getting my ex on board mm-hmm. with that too. That was like, and I really wanted it to be like a mutual thing to make things a lot easier. Um, but he just kind of didn't really want to hear it. And, um, I convinced him to go with me to Bethany Christian services mm-hmm. and made an appointment there. 
And we went, and I'm like, just keep an open mind, please. <laughs> just do this for me. And we went, and the woman, I don't even remember who I spoke with, but she was so nice and just kind of, like, told her my story and where I was at, and she kind of told me about everything that they do. And um, kind of I told her right off the bat that I strictly only wanted to look at families interested in open adoptions. And that was just because my adoption was closed, and um, I know that's necessary sometimes. And but what was hard for me was when I turned eighteen and being able to find my birth mom. I had gone eighteen years literally not even knowing having a picture. I had no mm-hmm. idea what she looked like, nothing until I was eighteen. So when that all came into play, it was a lot for me and it was very overwhelming. Um, and there was just stuff growing up that I'm like, oh, it would have been kind of cool to be able to be like, so like, tell me about this or like, why'd you choose this or like right. anything, any questions like I answer medical history yes, questions accurately. That was <laughs> the worst. I didn't have any of that. And anytime I had anything going to the doctor, it was like, I'm adopted. I don't know anything. Um, <laughs> so I really just wanted open adoption and she kind of just explained how that usually works and that she was going to, we made another appointment so that she could pull some like books and stuff for me to go through. And we left there and he was like, no, like I'm not doing that. I'm not, that's not going to work for me. And I'm like, but that's what I really want to do. Like, it sounds perfect. Like that's what I want to do. Um, and trying to do some more convincing on him, but it just, he didn't go to the next appointment with me. And that's when I got all the books and I took them home and I was sitting there looking through them and I was really adamant on, you know, a two parent household. I really wanted them to be a Christian. I really wanted them to have at least one other kid just because my sister was like my rock and I wanted, you know, my child to be able to have that person too. Um, but I was kind of basing it off that. And mm-hmm. then it kind of got a little ridiculous. And I started being like, oh, they're cat people. I don't like cats. <laughs> and when it got to be that point, I was I just stopped. And I'm like, okay. I felt like I was trying to play God. And I felt like I was doing something that wasn't something that I should have been doing. And I'm like, if he chose me to bring this child into the world, like he can choose who her parents are going to be. So I was just like, please God, just give me a sign. Like just do something to like, tell me who they are when they come along. And so I'll know, but I'm, this is up to you at this point. Like I didn't want to have any part in that at that point because it just didn't feel right to me and I couldn't settle on any anything yeah at all but I think clearly there was a reason for that yeah right exactly um and so I ended up I had made another appointment to go but at that point I had a hair appointment (laughs) and I went to go see Rachel between that moment when I was like this is up to you god and um I went there and she did my hair. She was acting a little weird, (laughs) not as talkative as normal. And, um, so I kind of knew something was up, but I really wasn't sure. And then when she finished, she was like, okay, so I kind of need to talk to you about something. And if you want me to shut up at any point, just tell me to shut up. And I'm like, okay, like what's (laughs) going to happen? So I guess you can kind of fill them in on what you said to me. Um, well, I had approached her and said, you know, listen, um, as you know, Ivan and I have tried to adopt. It didn't work out. Um, if you are interested 
in placing your baby, we would love to be her parents. But at the same time, if you want to keep her, I I want to be here for you. Like I, I'll be here either way, but just know that, you know, Ivan and I've looked at this and, and I don't know. I was, I was just talking out of the side of my mouth at the time. I was so nervous because yeah. I didn't want to offend her because, you know, who comes up to somebody and, you know, has that conversation with them. And it's one of those things that I'm not typically a timid person, mm-hmm. but that conversation was scary. <laughs> That's oh, why you're right. acting so weird. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, and at the same time, like I was, as I'm working on her and I'm, I'm praying about it and I'm like, okay, like for real, like, you know, God, if this is for me, you know, just give me a sign. Well, she's still here. So I mean, that's gotta be a good sign. <laughs> and, you know, just going through, you know, a two hour process with somebody and, you know, we're talking about what's going to happen next. And, you know, well, what do you want to do with your hair? How are we going to, you know, do your hair through pregnancy? You know, all of these life type conversations. And, you know, I talked to her sister and her sister, you know, informed me that they, she was really thinking of adoption and that the, you know, father was thinking that. And I said, well, you know, I just, I want to be there either way. Mm-hmm. Like I love babies and just to love on this baby and squish on this baby either way. Yeah. But. I love that though. I, I just, I don't know. I've, this is like my third face-to-face conversation with both of these women. And every time I've just been amazed at your, Rachel, your, um, just resolve to love Lana no matter what she chose. And I think that that is so, so beautiful that, there wasn't selfishness on your part. And that even if she had chosen another family, you still would have wanted to be there and loved her through that process. She's family. Yeah. You know, she's the family that I picked. <laughs> but some family I don't claim, but I really like Nana. <laughs> um, but that was what, like, stuck out to me was when, and if that, I mean, if none of y'all know her, like, and that just tells you about who she is as a person. And I think for me, that was like, I went home after and I, that was the first time I was like, okay, like I can kind of breathe a little bit. Like I actually felt, cause my pregnancy was very stressful <laughs> and I had kidney pain the whole time and I didn't feel good. And I was all by myself. And I, that was the first time I was like, okay, like there's some sort of relief there. And mm-hmm. I hadn't felt that at all looking through any of the other books or anything like that. Um, and so I talked to, um, her birth father about it and he didn't know them. So I'm like, well, like get to know them. Cause they're literally the coolest people ever. Like you can't not like them. <laughs> like if you don't like them, there's something wrong with you. And so we kind of went through that process a little bit, but it was still just like his family wasn't very supportive of it. And you know, f- for me, it was a lot easier because my parents had adopted. So my whole family, like, understood adoption and how it worked and the significance of it and how cool it is. And he, his family had it. And I think that was a really heavy influence. Um, but it finally got to the point where I was like, no, I, I want them to be her parents. Like I've made my decision. And so we met with them. Um, I had dropped my parents off the day before to fly off to Washington DC. And so we met with them that Sunday to at with Rachel and Ivan at Red Robin. And I was going to tell them like, I wanted them to be her parents. And so, and you were how many weeks at this point? 
32. Yeah, I was 32. Right. So it was not early. Mm -mm, Not early. (laughs) Kind of waited a little bit too long. (laughs) No, you you waited just the right amount of time. It worked out. Perfect amount of time. Yeah. You had Um, a few things to check off your list before you got to that decision. Exactly. Um, But I told them that I wanted them to be her parent, and we left lunch that day, and I was getting into his truck, and I felt a little bit of a rush, and I was like, well okay, like, I don't know what that was. I honestly might have peed my pants a little bit because, you know, (laughs) there's weird stuff happening, okay? And I got home, and it was just kind of all the rest of the afternoon. I was really uncomfortable. I was never really in pain, but it was just uncomfortable. And I was home by myself, so I'm like, I don't have my nurse mom to be like, Mom, like, what's (laughs) happening? Um, And I called my sister, and she's like, yeah, like, let's call the on-call nurse and just double-check. And my sister's in nursing school, too, so I'm just surrounded by nurses. Yeah. And um, I called her and she's like, yeah, you should probably come in. We'll just check you out. It's probably nothing, but just to be safe. And I'm like panic mode automatically <laughs> because my mommy wasn't there and my dad wasn't there. Um, so my sister and brother-in-law um, came to pick me up from Fayetteville and my brother-in-law was really pumped because he got to drive with the emergency flashes on all the way there. <laughs> and so he felt like he was in the Fast and the Furious and um, <laughs> took me to the hospital, ended up getting checked and my water had broke. So literally like within two minutes of leaving the restaurant of telling them that I wanted them to yeah. adopt her, my water broke. So you were all so the way I in was labor? Like, okay, God, I think that's a big enough sign <laughs> that I made the right choice and that right. this is kind of what's supposed to happen. <laughs> so before you move on, I, yeah. I think that, and this again, <clears throat> we were, ju- I mean, we've talked about it a few times now, but this goes, Rachel's selflessness. So after you told her you, Rachel, I mean, you were not, like, squealing. Because, again, you'd, you'd had your heart broken a few times. But you were still saying, like, okay, that's great. But even if you decide last minute, I'm still going to be here for you, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you were not, like, fully, this is happening yet, right? No, I had not claimed the baby. I was like, you know, this is still, you know, this is Lana's baby. You know, it's still, um, this is where we're at. And so I got a text message at 11 o'clock. Like, we had had lunch at 2 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, we got done having lunch. I went to Walmart and (laughs) I was like, okay, like I feel it necessary to do something to prepare for this baby, but I do not want to go overboard. Mm -hmm. So I had bought a package of binkies. Yeah. And I went home and I had a package of binkies and I was like, you know, this is, this is great. If this baby lives in my house, she'll need binkies. If this baby lives at Lana's house, I haven't gone out and spent, you know, a month's wage on a room full of baby stuff. I'm keeping it in check. Mm -hmm. This is absolutely something that would be reasonable to give to Lana for a baby. And I had this package of binkies and I'm sitting in bed and my husband was working nights and I was just, I was really like, like just thinking about this and praying into it and going, okay. And I get a text and it's from her sister and it's 11 o'clock at night. And it says, we're in the hospital and Lana's membranes have ruptured. And, you know, we're here. They're admitting her. So I text her back. I said, well, should I come up there? And she says, no, wait till in the morning. And I said, okay. <laughs> so, you know, I'm still like, I need to keep my space. If she wants me there, that's great. Um, if not, that's cool too. So... 
I stay up that night. <laughs> Never went to sleep. Of course. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so I take the first batch of kids to school and get them to school. And I go and tell my boss, you know, hey, listen, I've got a week's vacation coming. I'm out. I don't know what's going on, but, you know, I'll let I'm you out. know when I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Peace out. This is, this is not going to happen today. So Lana, um, I wanted her toes painted. So we went and got some polish. I'm like, okay. I go up there and, you know, just sitting with her, just being there. And what I assumed was once the membranes are ruptured, you got 24 hours. Mm -hmm. That is what I had always lived. But when we got there, they said, no, it's a slow leak. Um, we're going to give her, they'd given her the uh, magnesium sulfate. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't wish that on my yummy, worst, right? Thing, honestly. <laughs> And she was miserable and sick and just in want of a shower. I couldn't shower for five days. So Rachel washed my hair in a bucket, though. Oh, I was about to say, you as a hair lady, you're probably like, oh, honey, you me. Yeah, it yeah. gave me leg and arm massages. Because <laughs> my mom, my parents couldn't get back until, like, Wednesday. And, yeah, I was bedridden. I had a catheter. I couldn't get up to do anything. It was hot. It was it was the absolute worst <laughs> ever. And she was having the hot flashes that come with that medication. And it was just, it was making her so sick. And up until that very moment, I was not the pukey parent. If somebody got sick, I pieced out fast. Yeah, yeah. And Lana got sick, and I was like, that's cool. Here, I got this. Let me hold the bucket for you. Wow. And it was such a change in me. Mm hmm But, like, to watch her in labor. And we had an episode, like, throughout the – she was in labor for five days. Not like a normal labor. Yeah. Like, they held off her labor. They gave her two of the um, steroid shots. They gave her two doses of the magnesium sulfate. They just drug her along. Mm. They were pumping her so full of fluid. She was sick. She was, it was just sad. And there was, at one point, the nurse came in and she said, okay, I need everybody but family to leave. There were a couple of visitors. And we're like, okay, gather my stuff. I'm going to step out. And Lana goes, you can stay. And this nurse, who was not the nicest nurse I've ever met. <laughs> turn and goes well who is she and lana in this bed for like day three at this point and just sick and in labor and if you've ever seen anybody in that state then you understand the selflessness that this took she looked at the nurse and she goes she's the mom and you're like okay i'm here i'm in i'm in <laughs> i just so, like yeah when you first you were like really <laughs> <laughs> but yeah oh i love it and yeah i mean if anyone had earned that baby <laughs> it was lana yes but yeah that selflessness oh man it gets me every time i've heard this story three times now and i just love it um okay so jump back over to lana what what did it take to make that decision i mean in that spot you were i mean i'm sure that there that went through your mind and you're like if i have made it this far surely i can do this but yeah, I just, at, I had to put her needs above my wants. And it wasn't about me anymore at that point. Like, I was not a factor in this besides being, like, the home that she was growing in. <laughs> 
I didn't, there the was host. no, yeah, there was, I was nothing else besides that at that point. I, it wasn't about me ever. And it was always about her and what was going to be the absolute best for her because, you know, I did have support and I did have, you know, the financial means if I needed to do that, but it really wasn't about that because I just, I wanted to have absolutely the best life that she could have and what was going to, you know, just be the best for her. And so I just, it was, it was just a really simple decision at that point for me. And I had come that far and I felt like, you know, my water breaking right at that moment and I was early, um, was like a big enough sign for me. Um, and yeah, I just, I just, I never looked back after I had made that decision to do adoption. I love that. And so I know that, I mean, you guys, you guys did some formalities Mm -hmm. just legally, but besides that, did it ever, Rachel, did it ever cross your mind for this to be anything but as open of an adoption as it is? Oh no. Okay. Um, in fact, like not only is she part of our family, but she was even so supportive of Adrian through those formative months. Um, she pumped and gave us milk, and we had enough milk for four months. Wow. So, I mean, this baby had the best start that Lana could possibly give her. Yeah. Well, and as, quote, beautiful as breastfeeding is, I mean, as a mom, you are ready to have your body back. Yes. Well, and this is not like a breastfeeding mom. This is not, you know, I have breastfed a baby Mm -hmm. and I could roll over in the middle of the night and feed that kid while I was two thirds of the way asleep. Right. She pumped milk. So she got up every three hours. She got out that pump. She used it. She pumped the milk. She stored the milk. She cleaned the pump. She sanitized the pump and then got a few hours of sleep before it was time to do it again. Yeah. Goodness. Um, My husband and I were able to switch off feedings. So that you would get some sleep. She did every single feeding, but without a baby. Right. Like, what a trooper. Yeah. Not all heroes wear capes, Lana. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love it. And so, fast forward a little bit. She's three Mm -hmm. now. And um, super cute. I've seen pictures. Never met her in person. But, I mean, she knows who Lana is. And... I know that, you know, we can't, like, play the video here, but, I mean, what does she say, and what, who, do, who is Lana to her? Um, she says, like, she will tell you about the day she was born. <laughs> and you can say, Adrian, do you remember the day you were born? And she will say, yes. She said, I was in my Lana's tummy, and then I jumped out, and I jumped in your arms. Huh, Mommy? And, like, she is so aware of the fact that, like, she's got pictures of her in Lana's tummy. Mm-hmm. Um, for Easter, Lana had painted her belly like an Easter egg, and Adrian loves that picture. She was asking if that was her Halloween costume one time. <laughs> you were in for Easter. Definitely. That was your Halloween costume for Easter. <laughs> so, I mean, she knows um, that you know that's where she came from. Right. She doesn't know the logistics yet. She'll figure that out maybe for her thirtieth birthday. <laughs> but you know, between now and then, that's what she knows, and she knows. That she loves her Lana, and she, um, she'll like make things for Lana, and and it's always very much her Lana. Mm-hmm. So talk about her name. Her, she is named Adrian Carlana Lopez. Mm-hmm. And my husband's middle name is Adrian. Um, my family name is Carl or Carla. 
So we took that and then Lana. So she is named after, we have the Carlana. And she knows that, you know, that's where her name came from. That she's named after her Lana. And she's a family baby. Like every part of her family is reflected in her. And that is, you know, my husband. That is my family. That is Lana. That is all the people that are, you know, her people. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. So I have a few things that I want to discuss before we jump into these questions. And none of them really flow, but I just love them all. So first of all, let's talk about Adrian's boyfriend, Nick. <laughs> A.K.A. my husband. <laughs> Trying to steal my man. So Nick is not Adrian's father. No. Or birth father. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. But he loves her and mm-hmm. she loves him. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I met... Nick, like, just a few months after I had had Adrian, and I, I mean, I wasn't looking for anything, and I was still, like, breast pumping and stuff, and it was really weird for me because I, like, you know, your life, my life changed, but then after I had Adrian, it kind of, you know, went back to normal because I didn't have, you know, this baby that I was having to take care of. And so everything goes back to normal, but like, I'm not the same person that's, you know, living the life that I was living. And I'm a different person living the same life. (laughs) Um, And I just hadn't even like dating anyone had not crossed my mind. Like I was not even interested in that at all. But then this really cute boy came across my Instagram feed and it just (laughs) kind of turned into a like back and forth, liking each other's pictures until I finally was like, I'll just message him and like, you know, see what he's doing or, and yeah. you know, whatever. Some social media flirting. Yeah. And we ended up, you know, meeting up and I, we met in a park and that sounds really weird, but I already knew who he was because he had dated someone I used to work with. So I knew he wasn't a serial killer or anything like that. <laughs> and um, we met up and we just talked for six hours. And I remember the first question he asked me, because I, my stuff was very public. My pregnancy was very public. I had from the get go, I was just like, People are going to see me at some point, and it's right. very obvious. I'm a very tiny person, so it's not something I can really easily hide, this round watermelon belly. <laughs> um, and so I was very public with everything, and then with the adoption, like, I made a post about, you know, the decision, because it had to happen a lot quicker than I was planning, and um, he just straight up asked me, like, so, what was it like to have a baby? <laughs> and I knew, like, that some people would be like, that's really weird to ask, but for me, it was just like... I could just, like, relax because I didn't have to be like, okay, how do I have to, like, go into this with him? And he was just very, like, he's one of those people he will just ask questions. Like, he's very inquisitive, and that's how he gets to know people. And he just asked me questions, and I told him, and it was never, like, it was just like, okay, that was it. Like, it was never, I had to, like, I never felt like I had to explain myself or, like, you know, tell him, like, well, this is why I did it, like, felt like I was going to be judged for it. It was Mm -hmm. just very like, okay, cool. On to the next question, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Like very laid back. And I had never, like I had told them whenever, you know, I did have someone that came into my life, I wasn't going to bring anyone to meet Adrian unless I knew like they were going to be around for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And like he'll tell you too, it was just kind of one of those love at first sight things, which sounds really cheesy. And I didn't think that happened besides in movies, <laughs> but it does. And I'm, you know, met him or brought him around them. And it was just instantly like, 
Yeah. It was a connection, and he totally just was fine with it. Like, it was just normal. Yeah. Like, he's this is fine. He's not... Um, I mean, Adrian felt the same um, love at first sight. Um, <laughs> yeah. She uh, uh, told her tonight that, you know... Um, I'm chopped was liver coming at over. this point. It's always Nick's coming over. And she's like, is Nick fine. coming? I think he's pretty cool, too. <laughs> Which actually, um, our husbands ended up working together. Yeah. So it wasn't just, you know, that there was Nick. Like, Nick and Ivan, you know, had their stuff. And they get along really well. So it makes it really easy. They're playing video games at the house together right now while we're here. Nice. <laughs> so Adrian's babysitting. <laughs> She's husband sitting right now. Um, let's see. Yeah, she might be in bed by 10 tonight. Because she can't go to sleep if Nick is still in the house. Oh, my gosh. She's like, mm. They kind of, like, fake it out where he just goes and stands outside for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. She'd stand at the window. No, his car's still here. I like that car. I'm not that dumb. I love it. And so she was in your wedding, right? Yes. Yeah, we had her. She was our flower girl, which made everyone cry. So <laughs> everyone cried at that point, and then Nick cried, which made everyone else cry even more. I yeah. think they were all cried out by the time I walked out. <laughs> yeah, like she made it, and they're like, "Oh yeah, she was." Kind of, I thought somebody was missing. <laughs> yeah, like, that was really like super, super special to me, and that was you know obviously I asked them if that would be something they'd be okay with, and I obviously wanted to make sure it was something she was fine with doing, because I've never been like, if she doesn't want to do it, that's totally fine. Right. Um, but, you know, if it gets to be the day of, and she's, like, freaking out and doesn't want to do it, that's totally fine, too. If you need a carrier down the aisle, that works for me. I don't care. Um, and it ended up being, like, one of my other daughters walked down the aisle with her. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was just, it was, it was a family thing. Um, it wasn't, um, I was on the front row. Yeah. Yeah, I had... We were there with her parents. Like, it was her parents and then me. Yeah, I had them sit on the, like, family, the front row. Um, Her aunts were behind me. Yeah. And I felt so bad. I was like... (laughs) I was like, well, like, like that's, you know, that's her aunt. And I'm... And everybody was so cool with it. I was like, I hope they don't, you know... Because with us being the adoptive parents... um, We've always kind of worried mm-hmm. that, you know, people would feel like we had taken Adrian because right. Lana was so, she's an amazing person, but she was so capable mm-hmm. of being a single parent and her choice was amazing. But we have, you know, kind of encountered some people through the years that have, have really questioned our intentions with taking her baby. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, No. And, you know, the people that will come up and question us. So that was kind of strange, like, to be there and, you know, to have the baby. And everybody was great, though. It was it was all in my head. Yeah. Or maybe it wasn't. But everybody kept their mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, if we can separate the two of you from each other, not mm-hmm. not physically, but separate your, your stories a little bit. So, Lana, as a birth mom, um, obviously... I think that your situation has worked out a mm-hmm. lot better than maybe you would have even hoped for, mm-hmm. but certainly than most get, which mm-hmm. is awesome. But as a birth mom, what are some of the really, really hard things? Um, was there ever any jealousy or uh, um, regrets my even? My biggest fear was leaving the hospital mm-hmm. um, because I, you know, I knew that I was making the right decision, but it was also 
weird because I was like, I'm going to come home and I'm not going to have anything, but I was still pumping. So it was just like, I knew I I was fine at the time, but I wasn't sure when I got home, like what that was going to result in. So I convinced my parents to let me get a puppy. (laughs) And so my little Daisy May was my little, you know, replacement little baby that I, you know, she got up with me when I, you know, pumped and all of that. Um, but my biggest thing that I was terrified of was coming home. Um, and then it was also, I, I do have really bad, like, uh, social anxiety now and I didn't have that before, but I think it's just come from, you know, me not knowing, what people were going to think about me. Mm -hmm. Um, And like I said, I'm an open book. So if people want to ask me questions, like ask away, I'll answer anything. But I was just so scared of people just assuming things um, and not knowing the full story or, you know, being like, well, you had like, you could have done it. So why would you choose that? Um, So that was kind of like my biggest fears. And I still like struggle with that just because we had a lot of mutual friends. And so there'll be people that I see and I'm like you and the Bertha yes and I'm like I don't know what they think about me like I don't know if they like me or they don't or you know what and then um I also struggle with like feeling guilty because my story is so good Mm -hmm. um I think because it's not and I got really lucky with mine and not everyone's like that um And so I struggle with feeling guilty about that sometimes, but I think that there are people with stories like mine to be able to help people that don't have stories like mine, um, to be, you know, a shoulder to cry on or to be somebody to help them figure out resources and what their options are and that they do have a say and that they, you know, can wait until they find something that fits them because that's how I was. I didn't, you know, I had all these options of like these open adoptions where I could have, you know, pictures every this and that. And I, I didn't want to settle for just that. Um, so I, yeah, I struggle with the guilt with that a lot, especially when I hear other people's stories because I just, I got really blessed and lucky with mine. <laughs> yeah. You held out for the people who would feed you and let you see their kids. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. So, and, and I think that, you know, we've already talked about your husband that you, mm-hmm. you, you didn't settle. You got some really awesome stuff. And I think that instead of feeling guilty, I mean, you can give people hope mm-hmm. that those things do exist. There are guys out there that are not going to shame you for your decision. And, yeah. um, there are adoptive families out there that are as awesome as the Lopez's. And I think that that is so, so amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that I wanted to bring this up because in, in episode one of this season, I talked to Christy Harmon, who was another, she was adopted and now she's a birth mom counselor. And I asked her what the number one reason after they go through birth mom counseling, after they go through this whole process, why they still choose abortion. And she said the number one reason is it's birth moms that could theoretically parent. They have the means, they have the resources, they have the support. They just don't want to, or they feel like they're not in that place or they don't want their child to have a single parent situation Mm -hmm. or something like that. And that shame just gets the best of them. And I love that that's not your story, that Mm -hmm. all of those things were true for you and you truly put her first. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I don't know. I, I think that that's just so beautiful. And I, I know that Rachel, you agree on those things. I mean, we've talked about this, but, um, just that selflessness that we've been talking about. I love that. So what about you on your side? What are some of the, maybe, um, I don't want to say negative feelings, but what were some of the hard things, you know, you, you didn't get to feed that baby. You didn't get to carry that baby. So what were, um, I don't know. What are some of the struggles and joys? Well, I'd have to say none of that was struggles. Um, <laughs> I had horrible pregnancies. I had, you know, two biological children and they they were horrible pregnancies. Um, there were, I had postpartum depression and postpartum psychosis. I had postpartum psychosis with my oldest daughter mm-hmm. um, when she was born and we were told she wouldn't make it. And I just lost it. Um, I had postpartum depression with my second daughter. They were both preemies. It was awful. I hit the jackpot. I didn't have to be pregnant. I didn't have to throw up. Um, I was. I didn't have to breastfeed. I breastfed for an excessive amount of time with my second daughter, <laughs> and it was it was great. You know, breastfeeding is amazing. It's so natural and it sucks <laughs> the life out of you. <laughs> One little tiny mouth at a time, and so it was great. And. Um, you know, I too feel a lot of guilt in that I hit the baby jackpot. Um, you know, like I said, I had two biological children that were not perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, they are great humans. They have overcome so much in their lives. But Adrienne came to us and she slept well. She spent 30 days in the NICU, mm-hmm. which actually ended up being a really great transition because, like I said, we knew for nine hours that we were getting a baby. And so <laughs> we're thinking, like, okay, she chose us, and the baby's here, and she's still saying this baby's going home with us, but there's a real possibility this baby's sleeping in a drawer. <laughs> so we had 30 days to kind of get, you know, stuff together. And what was amazing for us and was such a blessing was not only did my family come alongside me and my church and you know, just everybody, but her family also came into my home and blessed us and, you know, was there and was loving on us as Adrian's parents. And that was, you know, um, her family gave us a, um, like a playpen with a bassinet Mm -hmm. and that's what Adrian slept in next to my bed for months so that she was right there. And, you know, to have, you know, a baby given to us and have milk given to us and have the baby stuff given to us. I really felt like I was kind of cheating the whole mom system. I didn't have to be pregnant. I didn't have to do any of that. I just got the cookies. Yeah. So yeah, it was pretty awesome. Still pretty is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. So, okay. If you guys are cool with it, let's jump into some of these questions and I, they're going to be vastly different for the two of you because they're on two different sides of things. Um, one is a birth mother and one is an adoptive mother. Um, it just happens to be of the same child, which is really cool. So Lana, what is something that you wish someone had told you at the beginning of this journey? Um, I wish I had had somebody that would tell, was there to tell me kind of all the emotions that I was going to go through, mm-hmm. um, especially after, because there were days that I was like really happy and this was totally cool. And then out of the blue, I'd be really sad, but it wasn't because I was like, what did I do? Like this was the wrong choice, but mm-hmm. it was just like, there was a thing that was in me and now it's gone. And you know, you're 
body was still, I was still going through all the stuff that right. any normal, you know, mom would have gone through. And I just, I wish that I had had somebody that was like, you're going to go through this emotion and this emotion. And sometimes you're going to be really angry and sometimes you're going to be happy and then you're going to be sad. And that's totally fine. Like that's 100% normal because I would be going through those emotions probably if I had, a, you know, had kept her, I would still be going through all that emotional stuff. And yeah, I just, that was kind of, you know, or at least someone that I could have related to that was like, this is how it's going to be. Yeah. And it might suck some Sometimes, but it's also really great. You know? Yeah. Well, that's great. What about you, Rachel? What do you wish someone had told you at the beginning? Um, people are going to ask stupid questions. Yes. <laughs> I, you know, I guess I thought, oh, you know, I know moms that have adopted and I know people that have adopted babies and like, like I've, I've known people in, and I got this. And then people will open their mouth and ask you a question. You're like, you know what? I haven't bit anybody today, but you could be my first. (laughs) Um, And just the things that people will ask you. I had no idea. I I really wish somebody had just passed me a note ahead of time that said, you know, when they ask you stupid questions, it's okay to bite them. (laughs) So that's what I wish, you know, because people, like, I don't know if they were confused Mm. or, and the fact that we have an open adoption is different because most of the adoptions I know, um, they don't have, you know, Lana would come pretty regularly. And, you know, the birth dad came pretty regularly in the beginning, too. And so, you know, when people would ask us stupid questions, we're like, are, are you afraid she's going to take the baby home with her? Well, since I have a car seat, probably not. <laughs> I um, also know where she lives. So. Yeah. yeah. Like if she, so it was, you know, I think people were just maybe confused. Mm-hmm. And it resulted in some Stupid question. They assumed Lana was like a drug addict or something. Right. Well, and that was something else. I am like extremely protective of my Lana Mm -hmm. just because she is more than anybody else in this world has ever, you know, like she loves me more than anybody else. Mm -hmm. Um, Like nobody else has ever made that choice for me. And so when you say something like, you know, well, was she on drugs? Oh, could she not take care of the baby? Like, you're going to get bitten. Yeah. I'm going to have to say something not nice, and it's going to hurt your feelings, and I'm not going to get two cares. It's just the way it's going to – it's fixing to go down. Yeah. So, like, just don't say – and that it was okay to be protective. Yeah. Because I felt like if I was um, not um, – I don't even know how to, like, word it, but, like, that it was okay to be protective, and if people said dumb things, it was okay – because I felt like I needed to be friendly to people. Mm-hmm. And, like, honestly, when it comes down to that, it's the same thing. You don't let people kiss your newborn baby. I'm not going to let you trash talk my birth mama. It's not going to happen. Right. Mm. Gives me all the feels. <laughs> I'm, like, trying not to tear up. I'm trying to keep it composed over here. Um, okay. So, what is something, Lana, that you wish you had done differently? Really nothing. I kind of – I mean – I wish that I had maybe been a little more open, like publicly with the adoption stuff before I, but I also thought I had a little more time to like right, right. ease everyone into that and kind of prepare them because I did, you know, I struggled with like, this was, you know, she was my baby, but she was also like my mom and dad's grandchild and my sister's mm-hmm. niece. And, you know, it was, it was, that was really hard because for me, it was an easy choice, and I'm like, this is simple for me, but I'm t- also taking this from 
everyone else. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of wish that I had, you know, I had maybe eased everyone into it a little more easily um, than kind of just dropping it on them last minute. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, other than that, I just, I, I don't know. I don't really have anything that I wish I had kind of done differently. It just kind of all worked out. And that's only because of God. <laughs> There's yeah, no yes. other, there is no other. I struggled a lot with God at the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. And I think after I'm like, I don't know how people don't believe in God because I would not have survived that if it hadn't been for him. There's no way. Yeah. <laughs> at all. Oh, I love that. And this is a complete side note, but it's something I didn't think about earlier. Is your, do, does she know your family as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She knows all them. Yeah. What, what are they to her? Um, whatever she wants to call them. <laughs> and that was like, you know, when we were at the hospital, Rachel was like, what do you want her to call you? And I'm like, whatever she wants to call me. Like, if she wants to call me, you know, a silly name, that's totally fine. If she wants to call me, you know, Lana, that's fine. Aunt Lana, that's totally fine. It's whatever she wants. And if it changes throughout her aging, like, that's totally fine, too. And that's how my family all is mm-hmm. as well, just because, you know, I'm adopted. So they, they just kind of have always been around that. So they kind of know, like, right. okay, like, this is okay to say. This is not okay to say. <laughs> and it's just always been about Adrian and, like, what she's comfortable with and what she, you know, she wants to come up to you and dance with you, like, at our wedding. She was, I mean, she was the life of the party, okay? <laughs> she pulled out some moves that I've never seen before. And, um, you know, it was, like, In her my mind, best it was friend. probably her wedding, right? Yeah, exactly. She, she had a white dress yeah. on and everything. So. <laughs> she had the dress, so. Um, but, yeah, like, my best friend Raven was, like, you know, Adrian came up to her and was like, dance with me. And she was like, oh, okay. Like, she let her, you know, come to her and do that. But, like, at our wedding, you know, we've just always made it, like, whatever Adrian wants to do. Like, we're all totally fine. If she wants to hang out with us, she can hang out with us. If she wants to be shy, because it does happen. There's times that she's shy and wants to hide behind Rachel, and that's 100% fine. I'll just watch her, because she's really cute to look at, and that's, I'm fine <laughs> with that. I'm fine just observing. And I appreciate you for that. Thank yeah. you for making her cute. And, you know, but all of my family and, like, my friends are the same way. So, at our wedding, like, Ra- um, my friend Raven was dancing, and uh, Adrian came up to her and was like, dance with me. And she She's like, okay, like, okay, this is great. And she picked her up and they were dancing. And it's just, it's always been about Adrian and like whatever she's comfortable with and whatever she wants to call me and whatever she wants to do. Like that's, it's up to her because that's what as for me, if my adoption had been that way, that's what I would want Mm -hmm. because you know, it's, it's whatever's comfortable for her. Cause it, it could, I mean, I know when she gets older, it might be like a little bit weird and people are going to ask her questions at like, and they're not going to understand. And that's where I'm hoping that like our relationship's good enough that I can be like, okay, well maybe this is how you can handle it. Or, yeah. Like, this is what you can do. <laughs> well, you get to be the one that answers those questions. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's really cool. Cause I'm sure that even as an adoptive, as an adopted kid, there's a part of you that wishes that you could ask those questions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To the source. Yes. 100%. <laughs> and not just, you know, get the answer like, well, the file says this or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, and that's, that's a lot of adoptions. That's mm-hmm. my adoption situation. Yeah. So it there's, that's the way it is, but it's so special and awesome when the kid can just be like, Hey, why did you make that decision? Mm-hmm. And yep. you can say, well, here we go. <laughs> yep. When she's 30, right? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. She can, she'll know that Lana, she just won't know where, where babies come from. Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. She knows who her Lana is. She knows who Lana's parents are. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were also, which is really strange because they were involved in our lives. Mm-hmm. So they know the big girls and they have been, you know, with being friends with me, have been involved in their lives. So 
You know, the same thing that the big girls call them, you know, that's what Rennie has called them. Is, yeah. You know, oh, you know, Mr. Bishop and Miss Mary and how they came up with his last name and her first name. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> it's just how it works. works. I love it. So what about you, Rachel? What is something that you wish you had done differently? Um, and I know that, you you know, you already kind of hinted about it, just that you wish that um, you had, what did you say earlier about... Um, you know, it's okay to, like, snap at people. It's okay to bite yes, them. If they yes. ask me a stupid question, I feel like I was so um, just kind of cocooned mm-hmm. that I was very fortunate not to have a lot of um, things that went bad. I stayed home for 13 weeks. I was very blessed that my husband, you know, afforded me that. Um, I got to spend time with the big girls. I had Rennie. So there weren't a lot of regrets. There wasn't a lot that I would have done differently. Um you know, I've, I've been very blessed that, you know, God has blessed me with the gift of stupid. So <laughs> if there was something I should have done different, he hasn't made it evident to me. He's made me stupid so I can enjoy what I have. I love and that. And sometimes that's a bigger blessing than anything else. Like, just make me stupid enough to enjoy where I'm at. <laughs> I don't think I've ever gotten that answer before. I really like it. <laughs> okay, so, Lana, what is it your favorite way that your, your support system, your tribe supported you through... Um, through your pregnancy and your decision and after because um they just act like it's normal like it's not you know they're not afraid to ask me questions which i appreciate um but it's just it's normal for them and so they're that being normal for them it they help make it normal for other people yeah like when people ask them questions they're like yeah it's just how it is like they're just very it is what it is and that's kind of it, you know? And it's, you know, I do have days where I like struggle with stuff with, you know, Adrian's birth father and like feeling guilty. Um, cause it was never 100% he was on board. And sometimes I, I'm one of those people I feel guilty where it's not necessary to sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can go to them and talk to them about it and they're very quick to be like, okay, this is how it is. And, you know, they're just, they love me and they support me and that's just how they are. They're great. I love them all so much. Yeah. I got really blessed with my, my crew. That's awesome. Yeah. What about you, Rachel? Um, sorry, what was the question? <laughs> I was like, she feels blessed. <laughs> I was just saying, what was your favorite way that your tribe supported you through your adoption? Um, okay. Well, Lana gave me a baby and then she gave me milk and then she'd come and visit me, and it was a really good excuse to, like, brush my teeth. Because in those first few weeks, we just, we cocooned, and it was great, and we stayed at home. And, um, you know, everybody has come alongside us, and Adrian is Adrian. And she is not adopted. She is not, she doesn't have any labels. Mm-hmm. Like, she has a title. And we've been very blessed that... Um, that's just the way it is. Like, um, my husband comes from a big family. I come from a big family. Adrian is one of three, um, all at the same age. Yeah. Um, and so when you see her with the yearlings, um, you wouldn't know like that she wasn't in the thick of it. We've been so blessed that, you know, our, our, our people have just come alongside to, to love us and to make Adrian, the princess that she deserves to be. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, her parents loving on Adrian. Um, whether it's 
um, my parents loving on her, whether it's my husband's parents, when you see all of these people, like this kid is racking it up come birthday time. <laughs> like there is not one person that doesn't love her and call three times before her birthday. What does she want? Well, like nothing. <laughs> uh, but you know, our tribe has been great. Our people have been great. Um, Leanna has been amazing. And the fact that my family also loves her, mm-hmm. um, if you were to look through, and I was looking through the announcement on Facebook today from four years ago, and like to see the responses from your family and the responses from my family, it's just like, so like everybody loved Adrian. Mm-hmm. And with that being their main focus, everything else is details. Yeah. She sounds like the luckiest child in the entire world. Well, when you're that cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. So, okay, and this is kind of a, um, a shift in that question, but what is the way that you felt misunderstood or hurt? And I say by your tribe, but it could be people in general. And I think that both of you are pretty open books. But what is maybe a question or comment that was not welcome that you're um, uncomfortable with answering or talking about? I dealt with some kind of nasty people, um, after (laughs) a little bit rude, um, after everything had happened and I started dating my husband, it was just people that, you know, didn't understand the situation and said really mean things. And I never took it to heart because I'm like, I'm one of those people that's very much like what you, you know, what you're saying about me says a lot more about you than it says about me at Mm -hmm. all. Um, and before I would have taken everything to heart and really cared. But at this point, like after that, I was just kind of like, you want to say something mean about me? Okay. Like, that's fine. Like it is what it is, you know, whatever. Um, but I had, you know, people that would say like, I just gave her away or like, I was really scared to go out. I mean, it took months for my friend to convince me, like, just come out with me one night. Like, let's just go have fun. And I'm, I was so scared to do that because I had had people that were like, Oh, you just did this so that you could like go out and party still. Mm. And I'm like a grandma now. I don't go do any of that stuff. I just, (laughs) I grew up really fast, but, um, that sort of thing. I had a lot of people say, or just, you know, just people not understanding and the way they would word things. I, I never like to say like, gave your baby up for adoption. Um, I just say like, I placed my child with a better family or her best, you know, gave her the best life that she could have. Yeah. Um, I just word it differently than that because it just sounds so harsh when you say it that way. And for me, even talking about myself, I don't say, you know, my parents gave me up for adoption. I'm always like, my parents placed me with a better family. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of what I dealt with. Just people that don't understand. And that's okay. I learned that that's, it's okay. Cause it's just not talked about. And so people don't understand how to ask questions in a way that's not offensive. Mm. And I just kind of have had to learn to like, you know, those people deserve to be loved too. And they probably don't realize what they're saying is offensive, (laughs) but it is. Um, yeah. Yeah. Lots of grace. (laughs) Yes. Smiling and nodding a lot of that too. So jumping to the other side of this, what's something that uh, has made you feel hurt or misunderstood? Um, probably just ignorance of, the love that's mm-hmm. here. You know, people assumed and people's assumptions was hurtful. You know, Oh, well, could she not take care of her? Oh, is she in a better place? Well, here's the thing. She's not necessarily in a better home. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's still going to fall and hit her head on the counter and she's still going to have 
experiences. So I can't say, oh, she's in a better place. No, she's in my home versus Lana's home. But people's kind of perception of that was really hurtful at times. Mm. And then then putting, you know, a lot of pressure on me. Oh, she's in a better place. No, she's not. She's still going to occasionally eat chips for dinner. (laughs) And, you know, I can't say that that's better because... Lana might make her eat veggies other than carrots. Because <laughs> I hate carrots. <laughs> or like, I got a lot of people that would be like, so how much money did you get? Well, I'm like, well, first of all, that's not any of your business. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I thought, I literally never even like thought about any of that. I'm like, I get my hair done for free for life now. Like, that's kind <laughs> of a score. But it just, some like, I'm like, why? I would never, I don't even ask people like, how much money do you make? Like, yeah. so it's like, nonetheless, like, how much did you get? So, yeah, why that's would like, you think well, that's an okay Well, also, it's illegal ask. to buy babies. Let's just right. go ahead and put oh that my, out I there. Didn't get I did anything. not buy this baby. I did not. <laughs> yeah. No. That's and for sure illegal. Because it's a treat. Um, and, you know, I still, like, she paid for all of her own prenatal. She paid mm-hmm. for everything. I, I mean, that was it. And then, you know, I didn't pay for a lot. I mean, yeah, I'll pay for your hair for the rest of your life. Like I got that. Yeah. But that's just because I like you. (laughs) It's just because I like you and I would have done that either way. Yeah. But you know, people just don't get it sometimes and they'll ask dumb questions and you just want to bite them Mm -hmm. and we're not allowed to. So we just educate them instead. (laughs) Yes. Well, and um, real quick, let's talk about this because I think that this is something that is a common misconception. Mm-hmm. So I will say it again for the people in the back. Buying babies <laughs> is straight up illegal. <laughs> Paying for someone's medical bills for them to go through the process of having your child is very different than that. And that is not buying a baby. I'm just going to say that. Yes. For, yeah. the, for the masses. And, in, and I don't know if you want the details on that, but, you know, even, you know, Adrian with being a preemie and everything ended up getting our kids. Yeah. And, you know... Lana's medical bills, you know, her parents had great insurance. So I even on that end didn't have one of those things where I had to, you know, pay for even that. We were so blessed. When I say that our adoption was a God thing, God stepped in and he shut doors that needed to be shut. You know, as we were looking at other adoptions, he said, just wait, just be patient, just sit on your hands and just don't touch anything. Mm -hmm. And then Adrian came along and it's like, then he says, okay, now here you go. And not only that, but I've got, you know, a social worker. The social worker that we had that was supposed to do our home study wasn't coming in for eight weeks. We had to get a second one on very last minute. And even our social worker came in and said, you know what? What was she going to charge you? I'll charge you half that. Wow. You know what? We love these adoption stories. Let me help you. I will come in on Memorial Day weekend and we will start your home study. And we're like, for real? Like, <laughs> Like, God stepped in and said, you know, here is what you need. And these things that you shouldn't be touching, just sit on your hands. Because mm. it's not going to happen. If you touch it, I'm going to slap you. And there were a few times that I had some God slaps where he said, you know, just quit touching it. Back off. Back off. No. I know what I'm doing. Right. And I'm like, but just listen. Wow, I got an idea. That's so hard to remember. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I feel like as an adoptive mom especially, we're, we're looking at these situations and we feel like we are holding it together. And God is quick to be like, no, no, <laughs> my hands are bigger than yours. Mm-hmm. You just need to back off. Yeah. <sighs> You're just putting holes in it. Just quit touching yeah. it. <laughs> it's such a hard lesson, but we learn it every single day. Um, 
Okay, so last question here. What is, Lana, we'll start with you. What is your biggest piece of advice or encouragement for for birth moms or just moms who don't know what they're going to choose? Um, that you can do this. Like, it's, it's sometimes it's really going to suck and you're going to go through every single emotion ever and it's going to be a roller coaster, but roller coasters can be really fun and really awesome and that you just have to trust in God that like he has a plan. And no matter how many times I thought like, I'm going to figure this out on my own when I finally was like, okay, like I can't do any of this. Like this is all up to him. It's all in his hands. That was when everything really started to fall into place. Um, and that you, there are people that out there that will support you and they're especially, you know, before, during and after. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those people are going to stick around and they're going to, and there's, they're going to be people that do come into your life in the future from that, that don't even didn't know you at that time that are going to love you and accept you and that it's going to be okay. Like either way, it's, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I think that, and I love that you said before, during and after, because I think that the after part is where women like you get lost in the yeah. mix. And that's something that, you know, Lana and Rachel were our keynote speakers at the birth mom brunch on national birth mother's day. So happy national birth mother's day, Lana. Thank you. <laughs> um, and happy mother's day, Rachel. Thank but, you. um, I just, I, I love that because I think that, that that's part of the, the stigma that we're trying to change. And I see God all over this because, as, as kind of our culture evolves, even to accept adoption more, you, you're as much of a part of his adoption as we are. And we need to be stepping it up for the after. Cause again, that's not fair mm-hmm. for, for that to be like, well, you've done your part. You go sit in the corner now and there's no more of that. Yeah. And I, I love that. So thank you for mentioning that. So Rachel, what about you? What is your biggest piece of advice or encouragement for adoptive families? Specifically for adoptive moms who need to step it up in the birth mom love game. Just know that all the love that you have for this baby, she has for this baby. Mm -hmm. And as much as I'm going to love Adrienne and watch her grow, she's going to love her and wonder how she's growing. And to just know that, you know, none of this would be possible. Like, not even a little bit. Had she not chosen to carry Adrian and to love her. So, I mean, when you're loving on your birth mom, love her as much as you love your baby. Because that is an extension of your baby. She is an extension. You know, my baby is an extension of my birth mom. And I wouldn't want, you know, anybody to have anything other than love for my baby. And I wouldn't expect anything other than love for her because I love you and I love Adrian. And I, I look at Adrian and I know that she's a little piece of you and I don't want to take that away from her in the same way that I look at her and I associate her with the rest of my children. I also remember that she's not unlike, you know, her birth mom, that she has the same blood Um, She has the same traits. She has a little bit of you. So I want to love you as much as I love her. So anyway. Oh, girl. (laughs) I made it until the very end. (laughs) I'm blaming you, Rachel. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) 
it's what I do. <laughs> Seriously, that is some powerful stuff there. So, um, on that note, we're going to close out. But whew, um, where can we find you guys and see, you know, cute pictures of Adrian and Adrian's boyfriend, Nick, and all that? <laughs> yeah, I have pictures of them walking down the aisle. Um, no, you can find me. Um, I'm a Facebook only. Um, it's Rachel Lopez, and it's AEO. Rachel, um, because my mother thought that'd be cute. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm not an Instagram or a Twitter kind of person. Um, you can also come see me and get your hair done, and I will tell you my story, and I will keep you, you know, captive for two hours and let you know that God can just, he loves into these things. So, you know, um, find me on Facebook. Yeah. And then... Yeah, I'm Facebook to you and Instagram. I love Instagram. Um, but yeah, Facebook's just Lana Mitchell. And then Instagram is this Lana is bananas and there's a period in between instead of a space. So yeah, that's my, that's my favorite go to. I love that. And if you are, um, if you're local, you should go get some frozen yogurt. Yeah, come see me at Yum Yum's. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me. This is awesome. Thanks thank for you. having us. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Adoptive Mom Podcast. I know this stuff is hard, and I hope you found encouragement here. Remember, you are enough, and you're doing a great job. God wants to be at the center of this journey, and He is big enough to redeem all of our mistakes. Don't forget to check out show notes and other resources at the adoptive mom podcast.com. Thanks again for listening.